filmmaking covers a variety of genres, and during the 1990s, one in particular saw a resurgence, the big-budget disaster flick. It's coming! It's headed right for us! It's already here! For two science-obsessed kids growing up on opposite sides of Pennsylvania, nothing left a bigger impression than Twister. The suck zone. I think we're going in! Join Kelly and Joe as they dissect the second highest grossing film of 1996. We have to breathe, Justin, we have to breathe! Debris. Minute by minute. Another cow. Actually, I think that was the same one. And relive one of their favorite movies of all time. No, that, that was a good sized twister. What was that, an F3? Solid F2. Tornado warning continues now. Solid F2 podcast and minute 33 of the movie Twister. I'm one of your hosts, Joe, and sitting next to me is my wife, Kelly. Hello. And um, again, we're in the thick of a nearly direct hit from a tornado on our main protagonist, Bill and Joe. They eventually safely secure them, well, quote, safely secure themselves underneath a I thought it was a bridge of some sort yeah. over the ditch, uh, ditch with a very large and heavy farming machinery all around them. And all Joe wants to do is see it. Um, pretty sure she can see a lot of it, but she can at least hear a lot of it. A lot of camels nearby at this time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, anything in particular jump out to you from the onset that you want to discuss first? Or should we just... Take this uh, second by second of this minute. <laughs> um, no, I, nothing jumps out of me other than like ugh, so muddy. V- very muddy. Yeah. I don't. I don't like mud. Well, so. we're gonna get one of the great Joe quotes here, maybe in the next minute, minute or two. What was it like? It was windy. It was windy. So yeah. So the tornado is bearing down on them. Bill finally grabs Joe and tells her, hey, uh, we have to get inside. And you had mentioned, like, just look at it. If you focus on the digital surroundings, I'm sure, for the most part, at least the bigger stuff, of all the debris that's flying around, that hitting them or could hit them, 
it's very dangerous to be at the back of the truck to begin with. And uh, here they are, finally underneath the bridge, and uh, tornado is bearing down on them, closing in on a direct hit, and she's crawling towards it uh, with mud splashing up in her face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's uh, pretty intense, as Dusty would say. But it's intense. It's intense. So, do you have anything to you want to explain what happens to the truck here? Uh, Chuck goes boom, smash. No, I mean how it gets pulled backwards <laughs> and then thrown forward is what I'm what I'm alluring alluding to. Uh, do you want to take a stab at it? You seem no. I assume it's much. it's as a result of pressure and not wind. Well, okay, those are go hand in hand, but. That that's my the my first inclination. I think what I assumed was happening there was that there is a, um, as the the tornado is moving, there's a change in the direction of wind that's occurring. So first there's a pull towards the tornado, and then as it's moving towards them, it's going the opposite direction. And it pushes them forward again. Um, so that's my assumption we can't see super clearly what's going on um eventually it disappears altogether well yeah we'll get to that point right uh we haven't quite hit that point yet uh but yeah so it gets pulled away and then it gets thrown back into them and now we get to see the boards coming loose from uh the motion and boards being pulled away as we finish minute 33 so again not a lot of dialogue to discuss what do you think is the determining factor for joe of wanting to see it is it Something just, you know, curiosity because of her, the field and what she's been doing, attempting to get this research done and all the data they're trying to collect, or is it more related to her father and what happened to him at the beginning of the film? I always assumed uh, with my armchair psychology degree that this was related to the trauma she experienced as a child, that she, that this is as close as she gets this research is as close as she gets as she did that night. And she feels a pull towards it to see what it is that took her dad from her. You know, what is he holding on to? I there? think he's like, bracing himself up against the larger wood that runs between the joists, like yeah. the main joist between the, uh, the two areas, the two large uh, wooden supports. That are probably deep into the ground, mm -hmm. which we, you know, come back to at the end. Right. But. Um, I wonder, though, because, you know, at the end of the film, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen it so far, they need to anchor the pack. Right. Right. They've talked about that. You can't just put the pack in front of a tornado. It will blow over and spill its con contents before it, the twister has a chance to pick it up. If they had just opened the lid on this one, right? Could they have? Like, well, but they don't have the attachments on it to no, help it fly. They don't. But if oh, they were, now we're going too far. Now I'm too busy watching the movie. Fifteen seconds past. <laughs> but if they had just opened the lid, could they have figured that out sooner? Could they have maybe realized that they don't need the. The other one scattered on the road because they were blown out of their container. Right. If they were kept in their container long enough to be picked up, maybe they would have success at that. But, like, you would have gotten so much more information and potentially not wasted the rest of the Dorothys if you just would have opened the lid here. Right. But 
understandably, hindsight is twenty twenty. They don't know at this point that's necessary to anchor the pack. They probably aren't immediately willing to sacrifice a vehicle um, when they have other chances coming up. So I do do understand that. Um, I still think they're in danger from debris. I know I said it last time, but good lord, like yeah, well, you are going to be impaled. Yeah, here's let's listen to like the first 15 or so seconds and we'll just kind of describe what we see blowing around. I mean, right here, this is a second in. You see something quite large flying mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. probably part of the barn, I would oh, guess. Oh, sure, that's where most of oh, this debris something is. was picked up on the ground, but probably from the barn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that flies right over their head. I never noticed yeah. that before. That flies right over their head. And there is just bits and pieces of everything. And I'm sure most of that is wood from the barn. There's a big piece that goes off the corner. Now it essentially is flying down the ditch and you just see rock, dirt, and just wood remnants just flying at them. And like I said last time, it doesn't have to be a large piece of wood to impale you. They have seen pictures of straw go through trees be embedded several inches into a tree because of the force of the wind. So, you know, your skin is not as hard as tree bark, and it probably wouldn't take that much for something even relatively benign on a non-tornadic day to impale you. So, And then she, like, starts to crawl out, and the whole time I'm just thinking, like, your eyes, cover your eyes. (laughs) You're going to go blind, lady. Yeah. For as smart as she is, she's making some poor life decisions. Really poor decisions here. Really poor decisions. I mean, thank God. Bill is there because he yeah. Bill saves does save him. I mean, she he technically owed her because she saved him while they were driving. Yeah, uh, fair. By fair. saying, you know, are hey, you gonna would, drive? Would you drive? Yeah. Not run us into this farm farming equipment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the biggest takeaway from this sixty second clip is her saying she wants to see it, which I don't really understand what she means because she's right there. She could see it unless it's one of those you're trying to keep your eyes shut because it's so windy and and everything like that. But do you have to get closer to see it? You see with your eyes, you don't necessarily need a a distance change. I think she meant she wanted a fuller view of it. Better better view. A better view. She's, I'm sure, watched videos and seen them from a distance before through her research, but, you know, maybe this is the first time she's intentionally put herself in the path of one and has been that close and you know the pool of this is a brand new view of this combined with the fact of this thing took my dad right you know i'm sure is is very enticing to get a better view of um but yeah i mean we can criticize all we want without being in that position and also the director told her to. But so. yeah, that's the underlying thing. Uh, right. The d- director said so. That's so what Ken we have Ross to respect, always says. Respect his or her wishes. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, I'm with you there. So again, not a ton to discuss in these minutes. It's more of a visual thing, which we can't really relay through an audio podcast. You're just seeing the tornado bear down on them, them attempt to get Dorothy ready. They're unable to do so, and now they have to protect themselves. Joe doesn't want to. Bill convinces her to eventually, mm-hmm. basically drags her back inside. And then in the next minute, we're going to see them, uh, I think, kind of get sideswiped, and it dissipates right afterwards. Does it go directly over them? It, I know this is one of the weaker ones, well, right? Well, technically she only says, an F1. she says, he said, after this, spoiler alert, they say, you know, that wasn't a direct hit, that was downdrafts. And well, they say that at the movie theater. Do they say that here, too? Oh, I thought they said that here. Um, at the drive-in, I should say. 
at any rate, I, it, it, just, dis- it does dissipate pretty much immediately after going above them. It just downdrafts and microbursts. Right. And, you know, it doesn't take them all that long to get out from underneath the bridge and go find them because I imagine a two-ton truck would fall out of the sky quickly. Well, I know. I was about to <laughs> start talking about that. I'm like, that's we'll, the next minute or two. We'll let's save not, it. Let's we'll not save rush it. ourselves. It's all right. Yeah. We'll just, just preview. Physics has a problem coming up. Yeah. We don't get, I think, I don't think we hear or see anything from the rest of the crew in this minute. Nothing from Dusty no, and the gang. No, presumably they're a mile or two back. Right. They're still video trying to uh, get up to them. But I believe we'll be reintroduced to them in the next minute and we'll get have a lot more to talk about, more dialogue, more more action. And um, we're going to have a, a funny moment with Melissa and the reactions from the crew and then from Jonas and Hin gang. So, yep, fun stuff coming up. But we... Finally got to see a Twister, and we're going to get to see a Twister make contact with our protagonist in the next minute we talk about. Mm-hmm. Anything else to add before we leave? Nope. All right, let's go get some food. Okay, bye. All right, thanks for listening. We'll be back again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Solid F2 Podcast, a minute-by-minute breakdown of the movie Twister. That's all for this week. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SolidF2Pod. SolidF2 Podcast is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. Visit jmnjrradio.com for more. Two.